The opinions expressed on the ACB Media Network are those of the content providers and should not be viewed as an endorsement of any product or service, nor does it reflect the views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Welcome in. Take my hand. Say hello to who you know and who you don't and who you can. We'll give promise to your springtime and beginnings to your ends. We'll try not to be cautious, we'll be friends. Welcome in everyone to Visibilities on Friday the 13th of June, of January. I'm wishing it was June, I guess, with all the cold weather and miserable weather we seem to be having nationwide. Good evening, everyone. I want to start by thanking so many of you who have been writing, emailing me and texting and calling. And I want to thank you all very much for all your positive thoughts and prayers during my recent illnesses. And, you know, they've worked. I think they really have worked. Um, I have one more procedure to go through next week. And then hopefully, God willing, things are going to be back to normal. And I'll be my usual obnoxious self. Uh, in the meanwhile, I want to welcome you all this evening and extend my sincere thanks to our host this evening, Ray Campbell, and our um, producer, engineer, you name it. He does everything around here, Larry Gassman. And my two very special guests this evening, Scott Marshall and Paul Edwards. Tonight, we want to talk about the medical field. What's going on is very, very different from what was happening many years ago. Um, and it's a, it truly is a whole new world. And it's... Um, you got to be pretty brave in this new world um, to deal with hospitals, with e emergency rooms, with pa with um, patient care, uh, with doctors in general. All of the portals that every company seems to have, or every doctor seems to have a totally different portal. There's just so much that we need to be looking at as people who have either blindness or low vision and are not necessarily um, in a position to deal with it in the quote unquote general public ways um, you know, that is especially true I think of a lot of the portals and so I've invited all of you to join me this evening and we will have um, some time for some comments and questions and answers a little bit later. But I want to start first with Scott Marshall. Many of you know Scott. He has been in ACB and around ACB and other organizations as far back as I can remember, I think just about. Um, he was the director of advocacy and governmental affairs um, back in what the early eighties. Um, he's the one who started the Washington Connection, which was in those days our best way of knowing what was going on as far as advocacy in on a nationwide basis. Um, he's worked with the American Association of Retired Persons. Um, he's worked with American Foundation for the Blind. Um, one of the things that he did, and we're going to be talking a lot about tonight, is a lot of work that took place back shortly after the ADA was passed. And so I'm going to start right there because I think we need to start with the root of so much of what has been um, it proposed or implemented through the years. And that is due to the ADA. And Scott had so much to do with that, 
And so I am going to, I want to welcome Scott and I'm going to kind of turn it over to you to kind of get us started a little bit about how the ADA does um, affect or has the potential to affect our lives in the medical, as far as the medical field is concerned. So good evening, Scott. Hello, Terry, and uh, hello, everybody. Thanks for inviting me. Uh, this is a huge topic that we've taken on this evening. And I, I want to, at the outset, acknowledge the fact that AAVL has done some wonderful work uh, that's available um, and that I would refer people to for more of an in-depth discussion of what we're going to talk about tonight. Uh, if you go to the uh, ACB Focus uh, Health and Wellness feed, uh, there are several podcasts there, one of which specifically addresses navigating healthcare, and uh, that included a um, Deborah Kendrick, who wrote a brilliant book on the subject, which I will talk about a little bit later, and also an attorney who actually looked at the legal side, uh, the framework that we have uh, to address uh, issues of discrimination in healthcare. Well, believe it or not, it it all started back with Section 504, didn't everything? Uh, really. <laughs> It seemed uh, the that civil way. rights statute that applied to entities that received federal financial assistance that requires the that their programs be accessible to people with disabilities. And of course, back then, the list of accommodations and those regulations were minuscule and <laughs> and well before things like patient portals, websites, uh, and any number of other digital accessibility issues that we are still addressing today and which um, will, will undoubtedly benefit from more legislative love that you will hear about probably during the 23 leadership conference uh, because although we've worked hard since the beginning of the ADA, to uh, work through the website issues, um, there there is now parallel legislation that will be un introduced in the new Congress uh, called the uh, Website and uh, Accessible Software Act. It was uh, uh, introduced last Congress and will be back again. That'll help a lot to make it clearer that websites. Uh, for example, need to be accessible. And of course, I, I mention that particularly because so many of, of, of the things we do with our healthcare today involves paper, involves billing, involves medical records, um, all of which it seems increasingly are, are being uh, managed and delivered through these portals, most of which, uh, a portal being a website, most of which are not accessible at the present time, or at best are, and this is a legal term, clunky <laughs> to use. Um, but uh, actually, there, 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 and then I'll, I think I'll. I'll pause and, you know, we can talk about probably the more interesting parts of all this, which is the attitudinal issues and the training issues and all that, that that's so important in healthcare relationships. Um, but in addition to Section 504, you had also Titles uh, 2 and 3 of the Americans with Disabilities Act, Title 2 re relating to government uh, agencies, municipal, local, state. Um, and what was interesting about that is it requires that this, that this concept of effective communica uh, communication is included in Title II specifically, which is important to us when it comes to 
how information is provided to us and and title two says that the preference of the of the user the consumer should be honored if at all possible it's not required that we get what we want necessarily but it needs to be effective and uh it, workable and all that uh, an example might be and we've all had this problem having way where you go into the doctor's office and you're at the front desk and bring out the medical questionnaire and start asking you about your lumbago in front of the whole waiting room <laughs> uh and you have you're, you're expected to answer all these questions in pu public you know you know the thrill um i had it happen this morning <laughs> <laughs> so we're not there yet and and you know it it, it uh so, so consequently you know things like title two of the ada um uh, and to a, to an extent title three of the ada which applies to places of public accommodations uh of which hospitals are are one uh medical offices are another example uh, and in fact enumerated examples and then most recently section 1570 1557 of the Affordable Care Act talks about uh, discrimination on the basis of disability too. So there's there's lots of levers that can be pulled, lots of levers that need a little more oil uh, to make them work even better. So that's the good news. I think there's a lot that we can do on the legal front further. And I I commend you to the podcast that I mentioned or the podcasts plural that I mentioned earlier. And then uh, I think I'll stop there and probably get into what we've all experienced is the attitudinal side of this, the training side of this, and those challenges, which are, are, are definitely a, a continual problem in this whole arena. Yes, I think they, do. they absolutely are. Um, and before we go any further, um, because I think he's, I, I know he's um, got a few things to say on that subject as well. I do want to welcome Paul as well, Paul Edwards with us, who's a past president of ACB and has had a lot of personal experience, uh, both in, including in attitudinal um, uh, situations um so paul anytime you want to jump in we would be more than happy i will jump <laughs> <laughs> um i think i Hello, think scott's paul. yeah hey scott i think that that scott's points about the legal issues are are relevant the truth is that most hospitals have no idea that they're covered until you get to their legal folks and and most at least it's and and scott feel free to jump in and tell me that i'm full of it anytime you think that i am but i think that the reality is that most doctor's offices and most um medical facilities believe that they're doing just fine the way they interact with folks with disabilities and the truth is they're not <clears throat> and the truth is that when when we make the mistake of suggesting to folks that they could perhaps be doing something a little bit more effectively or a little bit better um we are essentially branded as troublemakers and and our our perceived i think often as not being very grateful for all the help that they're prepared to offer so i think that one of the things that uh, that we need to continue to do and perhaps that acb needs to take the lead in doing is is recognizing that we are at a place now where we have not been before and at a place where in my opinion anyway um, we are falling further and further behind the accessibility uh, barriers. And because of, for example, the use of a whole bunch of medical portals, um, which are not accessible and which, which are being required by folks, uh, even, even in local offices, 
it is really scary um, how incapable many of us who used to be able to navigate medical profession uh, are finding ourselves now. And I know I'll, I'll give you guys an example of this morning. I went into a dermatologist's office this morning and was required to to sign two agreements which i had sort of half had described to me and i was comfortable with them but they i was supposed to sign them on a tablet i have no idea there was an ipad or what the heck it was and i don't know how uh, scott you feel about these ipad things and signatures but for me they are they are absolutely ridiculous because i have no idea whether i'm signing correctly i have no idea whether i'm signing in the right place and it probably doesn't I, matter <laughs> well exactly <laughs> so and, long as you're not defrauding them and, exactly uh, you, you know you could you could pretty much swipe anything and and call so, it your signature but go ahead yeah uh, so my brother was with me and i said to him just 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 go ahead and mark it and pretend I did it. And this very officious lady from behind the counter says, uh, excuse me, uh, do you have his power of attorney? I love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, in point of fact, somebody in your life should have a medical power of attorney, but that's another story. For a different <laughs> yeah. That'll be another show. <laughs> <clears throat> But of course, the answer was no, and 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 yeah, my 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 daughter does does have one if if she needs it. So Good for absolutely. You. Good for um, but um, but the the bottom line was, she said that he couldn't even assist me. I needed to decide where on this <laughs> device I was going to sign, and then I had to sign twice. <laughs> uh -huh. Um, and and that's an example, I, I think, of the kind of uh, the, the 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 kind of situation that we are dealing with. Um, I also made the mistake this morning when I was handed a piece of print that said, "Well, this is your biopsy report. Take it home with you." I said, "What did it say?" And they said, "Oh, how we don't dare have time you? to read how it here." You? Yeah, excuse me. Yep. So. Um, I th I think the point that I'm trying to make is that it is that I believe that while there was a time when doctors' offices and hospitals and everybody else were actually pretty interested in in trying to come to terms with uh, with figuring out appropriate and effective ways of dealing with people with disabilities, I don't think they're there anymore. Um, well, so I, I I tend to agree with you, except. You know, I, I think it's a also a matter of training and, sure it is. and awareness. And with the turnover in these offices these days, the short staff, I mean, they're not, yep. these yep. people have been under siege sure. uh, thanks to COVID yep. for quite with a while. And, yep. and that's not to excuse this kind of behavior yeah. no, by any I, means. I, but, I agree with and, all of and, that. The question is, though, Scott, and this is my issue how can we force doctors offices and hospitals probably more particularly hospitals to do the kind of training that we think is necessary in, in, in order for them to have at least the vaguest notion of doing it because for the most part the only time when i've been able to persuade hospitals to to do training is when i've been in one and i'm able to show them all the things that they did right. wrong exactly say, i've done that okay. too yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. let yeah. let's set up something afterwards and we'll give you an opportunity to come in and that's a that's a one time opportunity to provide the training yeah. but then after that's over we 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 go back to square one again mm -hmm. And again, part of that is with the turnover. Sure, um, it is. Yeah, sure, it know, is. And and with the, I think there has been quite an attitudinal change, the it, because of COVID. Sure, you know, and I agree with that. Especially in hospitals, yeah. where they saw so much suffering and so much death, mm -hmm. that I think it, you know, it changes your mindset whether you want it to or not in some ways so scott my question to you perhaps as a, a as kind of a legal question is might we might we perhaps have some success by going through
the the entities that certifies doctors' offices and hospitals and ask them to incorporate this kind of stuff in in the the certification that they do for hospitals. I, I think so, and and I would broaden that that uh, approach to include things like associations of 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 medical students sure um i remember talking to a group back in the 90s after the ada just came out it was uh the national so uh, medical students association and they're still in existence and their whole raison d'etre is to represent the interests of of underserved people in the in the medical community interesting and these younger people were fascinated by it all i mean i wasn't just i was mm -hmm. on a panel with a couple other people with disabilities and we were doing our shtick and of course back at that time i was doing lots of shticks with uh, you know bar associations and i'd worry about whether mm -hmm. i was educating the other side you know and all that <laughs> stuff but uh, at least with the with the with the medical students it i don't know if it helped but again it's you know it's 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 one person at a time um, it's at least addition, it's at least raising an eyebrow right in, in addition to the wonderful book that that uh deborah kendrick wrote on this topic on on attitudes and how to sort of sell yourself mm -hmm. along the way i don't know if you read the book i have it's mm -hmm. it's it's i think very 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 well done um and it's much more current than what i did back 30 years ago which was a checklist for healthcare providers uh, to acquaint them first of all about what the legal requirements were number one and then uh number two just a very nuggeted or bulleted if you will uh, a rundown of all the different services in a hospital for example or in a doctor's office what they needed to worry about where they might be interacting with a patient who's blind or visually impaired mm -hmm. and some of the stuff was just common sense you know stuff that we all know about you know like if you're going to walk into a patient's room you better identify yourself um uh, and say i'm um you know scott marshall i'm uh, from the dietary staff and here's your dinner and it's roast beef with a piece of cake and coffee do you need any assistance you know ba basically lots of basic stuff like that and the idea of that was and i'm getting down to your question believe it or not uh that that what we really need more of uh is things that they can incorporate in very brief trainings back in the 90s i don't know if they still do it marriott used to give all of its associates by whether they were in the you know maintenance department or the front desk and, and this could be just a conversation with a supervisor five minute training about how to do a better job with with, with guests mm -hmm. or, or how to do whatever your job was so so the idea of these checklists that the DOJ paid paid uh, paid the AFB and who then paid me to write uh, what was designed along that with that idea in mind that it would be something that they could use in a training situation where it wouldn't seem like it was a big deal of training but a little bit a spoonful at a time. Um, yeah. So if, if we could figure out something like that, that might be an approach to get this training more. Uh, I, I, I think the materials, available. the materials are out there, Scott. I mean, uh, there, there's a nice, there's a nice piece of work that the Pennsylvania Council put together. Awesome. I'd um, love to see it. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and I think the, the, the materials are out there. What we, what I think we have to do is to figure out a way at a national level, and perhaps this is where ACB can help, um, to, to, to either through the accreditation process 
mm-hmm. or through medical students or mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. in some other way to, to make that training more mandatory and require it with some level of frequency, like every two years or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I, I, I don't think, I think there's enough leverage in in the ADA and other stuff that that we could sell it to accrediting bodies, and every single hospital has to be accredited. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. That that's that's an interesting approach. Uh, uh, yeah, I I agree. I agree. Um, and 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 the way you would have to do it is say otherwise, you know. The hospital can't even think about uh, complying with the law's yeah. requirements unless right. some level of training is provided on a regular, ongoing basis about and, it. Right. And, and, um, and, and instead of sitting back and being nice, which is what every single blind person has done mm-hmm. since the ADA came out, essentially, mm-hmm. we, we, we will now start filing complaints with the DOJ. Well, that's so, that. That's true too. I mean, that's always a problem. People have sure to file it is. complaints. Yeah, yeah, but and the, that can be the, problematic too. I filed a complaint with the with DOJ one time, and they settled the 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 blank case without my even without my knowledge. Exactly. I was I was furious. But anyway, uh, that's another story for another day again. But it yeah. Is. <laughs> but uh, the but but the bottom but I line still is believe in uh, filing complaints though. I sure. Yeah. But it's it's it and it, and it's the frankly it's the threat and and the actuality of actually filing mm-hmm. complaints because mm-hmm. even if even if those complaints don't actually get anything done, they create they create a bunch of stir at a level mm-hmm. of the hospital that's far above the level that we need training mm-hmm. at. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, and it's something to talk to, you know, our, our you know, our lawyers about further too, right. Um, right? In terms of, of of the training part of it, because I I think most of the disability rights lawyers, for the most part, uh, haven't focused much, and there are some exceptions uh, on 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 the information access. Kinds of things and right. training things that they're they're uh, you know for the most and that's how the ADA originally was was primarily geared toward physical uh, right. architectural accessibility, not this information stuff. Right, right, not as much as it should have been, and uh, I, I've always felt sorry about that. But uh, but I yes. think I think we're I think we're in a different era now, and the other good part of it nowadays. Along with getting to the students and to the nurses and all that stuff, the whole idea of an empowered patient is much more prevalent now than it was, uh, you know, 30 years ago. Well, and also an empowered blind person as well, because, I mean, the the truth is that 30 years ago, we were expected to uh, be good little children. Yes, yes. Everyone yeah, was. Everyone was yeah. blind or sighted. That's sure. true. You, exactly. just, exactly. you, you, you sat back and just paid homage to, and, to, and, to and, your doctor. And Deborah does talk about that in her book yeah. about how yes. to she does. get, our, get yeah. our, our, our own psyches into the mode of being demanding consumers in a way that's effective um, and, and making sure that uh, you know, and the title of her book is is brilliant. You know, uh, uh, let me get it here. Rather than than do it from memory, it's like, yeah, navigating healthcare uh, when 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 all they can uh, when all they can see is with that when all they can see is that you can't. Yeah, and that's exactly what mm-hmm. happens. It's it absolutely it happens all absolutely. the time in it all is. kinds of contexts. It is. And, and, you know, and and I think one of the issues that comes up that's also very difficult, and maybe it's even a little more so for seniors, is that we're talking people of very varying levels of. Oh, no question. You know, of of abilities and of. and of their attitudes toward their own blindness. Oh, of course, because you yeah, have, and, some, and, have people and, that, and that's, and you know, as you get older, the more difficult it is. The more doctors yeah, you're seeing, yeah. 
yeah. you know, and you've frankly, got FLC syndrome, yeah. you know, feeling yeah. like crap. You, you yeah. know, you don't want to advocate for this stuff. Really? Right. Yeah. And on the other end of the spectrum, you know, for young people, um, taking your your baby to their first pediatrician right. is a pretty scary event as oh, well. Of course. Of course. Um, and then yeah. I want to just jump in with a question for both of you, um, a little bit different. And that is the uh, going back to the portals for mm -hmm. what would be wrong or r more right if we weren't working, doing more um, outreach and partnering or attempting to partner as a national organization with the developers of these portals? How many of them are even aware of yeah. anything like 504 or 508 or? Well, the biggest one is that. called Epic, um, and and they have things like my chart, uh, yes. which they licensed, which is not great, but it's probably the best one out there. Uh, but and I I understand that Epic has finally gotten some accessibility people involved. Uh, so maybe better things are, are will come of it. I don't know. But you're right. I, I think that's something that's that's valuable if we could get more people aware of, of, of the need. But again, uh, you know, because the web accessibility stuff is in such a mess um, in the ADA regulations that we don't have out, yet um that's why the website and information and software information well website and <laughs> accessible software act i'll get it right i know i can't either i have to read it we gotta, get, we, gotta get, we gotta get a better name for it uh that's that's snappier um uh, talk to clark about that uh but anyway and 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 they did a nice job on on a um Claire Stanley and even Paré from the NFB was on, and, and yes. Stephanie Angert from AFB did a really nice podcast on that. Yes, and we yeah. actually have a nice podcast on visibilities that cool. um, that Claire and um, Swatha did ah. on on it as well. Yeah. yeah. So and, Scott. So I think. So I guess following up on this for one second, Paul, if, if I can, um, and. I'm sure both of you, especially you, Scott, probably would be more into the would would understand this more than I certainly than I do. But my question has always been: Section 503 had to do with medical facilities and hospitals and anybody getting medical fund. I mean, federal funding, as I recall. Um, and couldn't that be used as well, especially? I'm thinking especially with uh, the developers of the portals and such. I, you've got me there, and I don't have a copy of the, the law in front of me, so I can't refresh my memory as to what exactly 503 covers. But I don't know. Uh, let me it's, it's give that for the most part federal the contractors, and, and yeah, that's so, what I thought too. That, that's and so I, it would really only Terry apply to those. To those yeah. folks who actually had direct contracts with the federal government rather than with a broader group, I think. I, I think you're right, Paul. I think it's okay. all right. I thought it was I thought it was okay. Um, I thought it had to do with federal funding for medical no. facilities. No, five oh four is the federal funding. Yeah, yeah, but no, I mean specifically activities, but I meant specifically for federal for medical facilities, you know, that are building Oh, that are always building new buildings, that kind of thing. Well, yeah. Um, I thought it had more um, to do with that, but I could be very wrong on that. I don't think so. Uh, I, I, yeah, I don't think so either, but okay. it's something to look into. <laughs> it, is. Sure. it is. It um, is. Just in case. You know. So the, the, the one thing that I wanted to add, and then, then maybe, Terry, we can open it up, because I suspect sure. there are some other folks who have sure. better ideas than we do. Say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> good. Um but the, the the one thing that I wanted to add is that I think that where these where these portals and and other components are concerned 
is I think we need to decide where we can begin um, to have an impact. What happened in the field of education, I think, may be valuable in the field of medicine as well. In education, one of the things that happened is there was a recognition that there were some colleges and universities that, that were Title II under the ADA. Mm-hmm. And therefore, those those colleges and universities uh, were under a greater degree of obligation yep. to assure that the stuff that they did uh, was done appropriately. Mm-hmm. So as a result of that, one of the things that began to happen was there were a lot of complaints that got filed uh, about inaccessible uh, online testing and inaccessible um, online stuff Mm -hmm. in Title II colleges and universities that resulted in companies taking stuff pretty seriously because they perceived themselves as potentially um, being in danger of losing access to all those state universities. Now, there are a number, I think, of Title II hospitals, and it seems to me that one of the things we could consider at least is starting with them and and beginning to at least explore whether filing a couple of Title II complaints under the ADA might get us somewhere. Hmm. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm always a, a big, uh, and I like, I like filing litigation too. That's another, uh, even better than, <laughs> yeah. than a, you know, a DOJ complaint. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, again, that 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 does take money. Uh, it, it does, and, and, uh, and resources, time. and and time, uh, lots of time. Um, so you know, there's there's pros and cons to all of that. But but I I guess my point is, and it it it's, is that is that we really aren't an awful lot further ahead in this issue than we were 20 or 30 years ago. And and it doesn't seem like it should be that way. Well, 20 or 30 years ago, we didn't have electronic medical records, period. No. Right? Yeah. Granted. So at least we're a little further ahead. But I, I understand your point. I, I do. I do. I do. Um, but, you know, I've found, I don't know, has your experience been that people just flat out refuse to send you a uh, no. A word version of a document if you tell them, hey, uh, I can't access your portal, so we're not going to use it, period. It's, it's, um, uh, what, they, what they usually say is, I don't have anybody in my office who can do it. And, and, and that's kind of the response that I get. But I, but I think you're right. I mean, I, that, that's really what I was saying earlier was that I, I don't think people are doing this stuff to be mean most of the time. They're right. doing this stuff because they don't know any better. Yeah, and and because it's not easy for them to get around it, and the whole, I mean, frankly, the whole reason for portals is 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 to render them less likely to get sued on the one hand, and on the other hand, um, to to actually uh, to actually be able to farm out to other entities a lot more of the work of organizing and maintaining the medical records for oh, yeah. for the yeah, practice. Yeah. Well, and, and and Medicare requires it nowadays too. Yes, they if do. If you want to, if you want your full reimbursement, you gotta have medical records. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Terry, we should shut up now. Yeah, we should. <laughs> I always learn more when I listen. Mm-hmm. Well, Sheila Let's Young's uh, okay. Oh, hello, Sheila. So Sheila hey, Young Sheila. certainly has something that we can all listen to. I'm sure. Hi, everybody. How are you? Good. Thank you. Terry, glad to hear you. Um, thank you. Thank you. And thank you for your kind words. Anyway, um, I just want to say that, you know, a lot of what you've said is correct. I am extremely impressed with a few improvements. One, Quest Labs has listened. And yes. when you walk into Quest Labs, if you go over to that tablet and you swipe yeah, you that get tablet, help. I don't yeah. care which way. <laughs> it it speaks a number, and then when they come out, they call your number, and it's you. But you just got to pay attention to the number. 
Um, and several of the doctors that I go to now, I can actually fill in their before appointment portal, you know, application mm-hmm, thing. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing. So something is going right somewhere. Yeah. Doesn't ACB have a lawsuit against Quest? Out in California, going on? Yes. Well, the federal court. Um, I think yep. I think they do, and I'm yeah. going to tell you, I like I said, I was just there four months ago, and it was amazing. Well, so, that's interesting. Yeah. So, but I, I live if, in Florida. I, I wonder if it's another training issue. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, you take the technology. This, is a, be the this same. is a great topic. Thank you, guys. It is. Thanks. Thanks, Sheila. Sharon yeah. Strakowski. Hi. Um, I have a couple of comments and a question. My comment is I'm a MyChart user, and uh, and it's fairly good. (laughs) However, I'm having a minor procedure, and of course, I got my instructions (laughs) in the mail. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I tried to have them put it in MyChart, and it was like, Oh, they were created on a typewriter, you know? Oh, come on. Really? No, no, no. I mean, I know they're not, but I mean, yeah. as oh, okay. Was, I thought they told you, you it was no, 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 no. Type for, Okay, yeah, okay. No, no, no. I mean, it's like, and but as you were saying, Paul, you know, it's um, the people in the office, like, they have no idea where exactly where to get it. And then we went online, uh, my coworker and I, and found those instructions on the website. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so <laughs> that was really yeah. interesting. Um, my other comment is that um, I have done some. Um, training of medical students, uh, but in the first year of their medical school, which I think is way too soon. First of mm-hmm. all, they don't speak up. They don't say boo. You know, mm-hmm. they're just yep. taking information and spitting it out. Um, I think so that's I, a good point, Sharon. You know, so I think that that it's just it's just too early, and they haven't had any patient experience. But yeah. they're interested, but they just don't have anything, no anywhere to go with it. You know, yeah. Um, and my question is, if you are in the hospital now, I keep hearing about uh, something called patient advocates. Yes. And I wonder if anybody has experience with them and how to ask for them. Uh, and that's it. Thank you. So uh, my experience or, or, or kind of my take on patient advocates is, is some of them can be really helpful. Um, and, and they're often a way to get around, um, to get around many of the issues that operate in hospitals, because what they, what they will often be able to do is to speak the right language, um, and will be able to go to the other departments of the hospital that aren't doing a good job and talk with them so that they improve the way that they operate. On the other hand, um, there are patient advocates who don't have good attitudes about the capability of blind people and who mm-hmm. can become a real problem. Yeah. And, and, and so it's kind of a, it, it's, it's kind of a flip of the coin. It, but, but I would say overall, especially if you're finding in the hospital that, that people aren't listening to you ask to see a patient advocate, because at least it escalates it to a place where every hospital has to have a person. Yeah, I think I'm, that's true. I think it's. All, I, I think that's even under the Affordable Care Act. It is. They, they have. The, is. There's a requirement that they yep. have. Yeah. Uh, 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 you know, a patient advocate. Uh, the to coordinate care. Yeah, it it, it is. Um, I know one of the hospitals I was in recently. Um, their social service. Uh, their social service director was their patient advocate, um, which was. Unfortunate, shall we say, at the time. Exactly, uh, and that's often the case, and that's and that's a problem because because the, the, there there are, there are a whole set of values that seem to operate with that profession. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, there are, there yeah. are indeed. Well, oh, you're right. Just several. like anybody else, you've got good ones and bad ones, I guess. Yeah. But yeah. 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 Meanwhile, back at the ranch. Yes. yes. <laughs> Meanwhile, back at the next ranch. Question. Yes. I believe I know who this next one is. Area code five oh eight, ending in six one three. I think that's Jane. Uh, this is Jane. Hello, and, Terry. 
Hi, I didn't Jane. Know you the weather, but hope you're feeling better and good luck on your procedure. Thank you. To, uh, this is a great topic because I've been an employee at some hospital who was visually impaired. Good. I could tell you some awful stories. Yeah. And I've also been in and out of hospitals, as you know. A lot. <laughs> and the homes or rehabs. And a couple of things, of points. Yes, there are patient advocates, but you have to be careful between the difference between a patient advocate and a case manager. Yep. And sometimes they are both. But at our hospital in Falmouth, we do have both. <clears throat> and the other thing is, if you go on the CCLVA website, there is a list of things that you can look at <clears throat> and maybe make your own list of do's and don'ts when you go to a healthcare professional's office yeah. or into the hospital or wherever. The other Excellent. thing I would also like to suggest is that what I do is when I go to a new doctor, I call ahead and have them send me my forms so I can fill them out with my sister or a friend. And if I can't fill them out, I have to do it in there. And I said, I want to say, I want to be seen in a room and talk to somebody. I'm not sitting, I'm not sitting out here right. and letting the whole world know my, of course. my story. I said, yeah. as you're going to, I'm going to be signing the HIPAA form. So right. this does not make any sense. And that's, that's a good approach. Uh, and and it's the one waves, everybody should do. You have to make waves being your advocate. As yes. Terry knows, and I, I think Sharon that. Unfortunately, you have to, I call it rough, ruffling the feathers, and oh, yeah. I'm doing it this in the next couple of weeks because of the incident I had where I was at the rehab place and also at Family Hospital, even though that's back in the summer. So you have to be your own advocate, and sometimes starting local, finding out where their corporate office is, and then go hire who regulates them. <clears throat> sometimes it's a joint accreditation of hospitals or even the Health and Human Services Department in your state. And the other thing is, I don't know if it was last year or the year before, there was a virtual um, convention, and they had a resolution to have mandatory in-service and training for all medical facilities. And I think we need to go back and revisit that and get that into legislation. Yeah, I, I was partly responsible for... Um, for for at least doing something, I, I I think it went a little bit further than it should have gone. Um, but but well, I think that would be nice. Except my view is that if if you take it to a place where it's never going to get, um, right. then then I think you waste your time with a resolution like that. Uh, I, well, we, I, we need to do something. Either it's through that or no. through our legislative congressman or whatever. And yeah. a quick story I, that happened I, to me. Two weeks sure. ago, is, uh, I came home and had home health care, and the nurse I had, she said, Jane, how are you going to do your meds? Because they were on those little cards. Mm -hmm. And I got out, and I showed her, I got out my um, seeing AI, and I did mm -hmm. that way to get the meds that were there. And, she, and I said, then I also have this other little unique little toy. It's called Script Talk. Mm -hmm. And I have my regular medicine bottle. Right, they, yeah. and they have no clue she said, about and that. And she left, stuff. and she yeah. discharged me exactly. last week. She goes, you have taught me so much in the last two or three weeks that I'm going to take and <clears throat> hopefully pass on and so that when I have other visually impaired clients. Yeah. So it's what we have to, and we're constantly teaching, unfortunately. And yes. we have to do that. Keep on doing that. Yep. So thank you for letting me take my call. And Terry, good sure. luck. And, and, and Jane, I think, I think ACB, you yep. directors that are listening, <laughs> we need to do something to get this yep. on board. So that we, and the, the other thing that I don't like when you have to go into hospitals uh, and you Jane, have to we've got about four other hands. So we just, do, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm uh, listening, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a lot that's going there's Terry I have an too. announcement at the end about that anyhow. Um in addition, uh Jane. Uh Kelsey. Kelsey, there you are. Good evening. Good evening. Hello everyone. I I, I mean, I agree with everything that's been said here. I mean, I will say, you know, one thing about Quest that I'm honestly very disappointed and I've been trying to make waves, but I can't get anywhere with it is, yes, they have the accessible when you get, yes, their, their kiosk is accessible now when you go into the actual lab with their app. 
for making appointments and doing everything else is horrible. I spent I spent an hour and a half last week trying to make an appointment at Quest and now I can't even I can't even pre pre-register to put my insurance in ahead of time because the app is so bad. So I'm hoping that ACV hears this and that they will hold Quest accountable for this because I mean it should not be this difficult to you know make an appointment and you know pre-register like everyone else just to get simple lab work done so i make a very good point and i thank you i hate to cut you short that's okay we've got like seven minutes and three more calls um but thank you for for that and as i say i think you will we will be doing some work on it whether it's through acb directly or quite how it's going to happen i'm not sure but there's going to be a, a raise a an uplifting of this topic um nora if you can unmute there you are good evening nora yeah good evening and uh i have, I have a comment or a question uh one of them is about portal i i refuse to have any medical portal because i have a feeling it's not safe for me to, to have that online. I don't like my medical stuff online. Uh, is there a way that anybody can do without having it? No, in a portal, you would have to be online for it. No, I, I, I mean, are there, there something that you can do by phone? No, I don't think that there's a requirement. I think that's what that's what she's asking. I don't think there's a a requirement that you use portals, but I think that that your all of your doctors and all of the hospitals are going to be using portals, whether you like it or not. And the, the real <laughs> question is, are you going to have access to your information or are you not? And 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 that's a decision that you need to make, Miss Nora. It's not one that anybody else can make for you. No, you're right. Thank you. Sometimes I feel like I'm not safe with one having to I don't think I've heard, I don't think I've, I mean, there are so many laws around kind of protecting those portals. I don't, I don't think I've heard of any problems. Have you, Scott? No, but anything can be hacked. I mean, uh, uh, or it's not a question of, you know, whether, but when, I guess. So I, I, I understand the concern, Nora, but I, I almost think though that in this digital age yeah there's some risks yeah that and I you think have to to yeah take to an, a certain extent uh, yeah for the benefits that are derived yeah i think you have a lot more to gain by yeah. by by using portals than you than you do have to lose by not using them oh okay thank you mm-hmm. yep. thank you for your call nora connie You're bateman can you give us I've got, you got two minutes. Hi, Terry. Can you hear me? <laughs> hey, yes, Connie. We can. We can. Hi, Connie. Okay, so I am not that tech savvy, and I've tried to access the Kaiser website, and it's very difficult to it navigate. Is. Very difficult. Even sighted people say it's difficult. So I get on the phone to take care of things, but the only problem is I think the phone line is set up to discourage people from getting on the phone because <laughs> you're on the phone for like 45 minutes to an yeah. hour. Yeah. you know yeah but um so it's not I, had, um, yeah. I just want to share briefly the experience i had when i had covid a couple of weeks three weeks ago the doctor they set up a telephone appointment with me and the doctor asked if someone could pick up the medication from the pharmacy for me and i said no i live alone so he said okay i'm gonna have it delivered to you then even though you use mail order pharmacy because the mail order takes too long and you have to take medication immediately or it won't work all right so, all right. so i caught i talked to him on a thursday evening and they did, delivered it by the next day so they were very accommodating but That's i was trying to impressive. get a hold of the pharmacy yeah but i was trying to um call the pharmacy to ask if they would mail me some home COVID tests because the whole point is you're not supposed to get on public transportation if you have covid nope <laughs> And um, I don't want my friends to take me because I don't want to expose mm. them either. And and it just that phone line is just set up to discourage people from using it, and they don't want to like force you to use this this website that's very. Difficult.
difficult to navigate. So anyway, that's all I have to say. Thanks, Connie. Thank you, Connie. Thank you. And our last call of the evening is uh, Zelda. Oh, so there you Thank are. You. Thank you, Terry. Uh, we don't have enough time to talk about what I want to talk about. <laughs> uh, I think we're going to have a second call before long right. on this topic. I've, I've worked on both sides of the fence. I worked in, in both clinic and hospital setting. And you know, and and thank you, Jane, for pointing out that that CCLVI has has a document on our website, cclvi.org, um, that kind of addresses. Um, it was written with with um, the thought that we would be helping the healthcare staff do a better job of you know, help them with their job to make their job easier right. in dealing with us and have us have a more positive experience. Mm -hmm. um, I really think we need to look at this from a partnership because when I was on the flip side of this, um, we were doing everything we could to to do what our patients yeah. needed. And, you know, I really don't think that's probably changed a whole lot. Um, mm -hmm. Can we help them do a better job? Yes, absolutely. That's our job now to do. But I'll, I'll leave it at that. But there's so much to say on this subject. And and the mm -hmm. idea of having electronic medical records, that was a dream that, that when now that it's actually happening, um, creates much better medical care so yep. yeah there is the element of fear and i i recognize nora's fear of that um it it is absolutely um beneficial so that tests aren't repeated unnecessarily you know and and so diagnoses are arrived at much more quickly all of that so great subject thank you for all of of what you shared with us tonight thank you thank you zelda thanks zelda kathy Blackburn, if you can get tell us in less than one minute, we can we can take you in as our last call. There you are. No, you're not. All right. Um, so I'm sorry, Kathy. Hopefully, we'll uh, be okay with that. Um, what I want to do is I want to thank Paul and Scott for the great job they've done this evening on getting so much conversation in so many different areas going. I think that we need to, both as individuals and as an organization, this is my little soapbox here, um, we, there's so much that can be done. And there's a lot that needs to be done from a national base on a national level. But there's a your, lot. Your ACB's vice done. president's right with you. <laughs> and this ACB board member is on it, too. <laughs> All right, Ray. We, you and I have a bit of a reputation on the board anyway. Yes, We're we gonna do. We're going to take them over. We'll take it over again. You're darn right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what I would like to say to you, to anyone who is interested in this topic and would be willing to share your experience or especially share your expertise, share your interest and your willingness to be involved in this, to please email me at visibilities. And I think everybody knows it's like disabilities, only with a V. V-I-S-A-B-I-L-I-T-I-E-S-5-0 at gmail.com. Because I want, I, it's time that we put some kind of a committee or a group together, maybe with some subcommittees. This has got to be dealt with. And it's, and it's long overdue. I'm sure you have Scott and I on your list. So. Oh, you bet your sure. life I've got you and Scott on my list. <laughs> and Zelda and a number of other people. Exactly. But um, I absolutely want to thank all of you for being with us this evening. This has been a great call. Unfortunately, I have another surgical procedure next Thursday that I probably will not be able to do. I'm not planning to do visibilities next week. But I will bring back a report to all to everyone uh, in two weeks <laughs> on just how many people I've heard back from and what we're what next steps we need to do. And your your success in educating everybody that comes near you during yeah. the during yes. the procedure. Yes, yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> because there are so many different issues that need to be yeah. touched oh, on, boy. and we need to, and, and it's time that somebody take it on. And I think those of us uh, who have been around it for so many years 
um, are the ones that need to spearhead this. Mm-hmm. And I thank you all very much. And with that, I wish you a great week or two weeks. And I will see you in two weeks again here on Visibilities. And good night, all.